You're listening to the sermon podcast from Meadowbrook Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming with Pastor Keith Miller. All right, Ryan, if you can come up. So, like I said, this is a conversation. Ryan and I have been talking about this. If you're wondering, hey, what's all this about? I started a new sermon series last week titled Questionable. And, uh, And so last week I just really uh, reflected on the Word of God as being the Word of God, its authority over our lives. And uh, there have been many questions or topics that have been submitted over, over the weeks and uh, well, several months. I think I have 40 topics that, that Meadowbrook submitted, that you, Meadowbrook, submitted to me to address. We boiled it down to, or just weaned it down to about 13 Sundays. And... Uh, one of the topics is a topic on, on worship and on music. Why, why do we sing? And, and so because Ryan's last Sunday is next week, uh, we wanted to make sure we, that he and I had to, were able to have this conversation in front of you. And so that's, that's what this is. So this is a conversation. It's unscripted. Uh, it's, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, we'll, Ryan asked you, you know, what if we run out of things to say? I, I doubt we're going to run out of things to say because we've been talking about this for forever, like since 2004, I think, or 2005. So anyway, all right, Ryan, let's Great. talk. Let's talk. <laughs> well, I thought um, it was helpful when you kind of had me share a little bit about yes. um, uh, just, just kind of your my, background. my history a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. so... Um, I, I grew up in the church. I played uh, on worship team when I was in high school, and uh, I ended up, I went to Colorado Christian University uh, and studied music. I was a, yeah, I was a, a, actually a classical piano major, um, but I was also in the jazz band. I was also in a rock band that my friends and I started, so I have an eclectic, an eclectic uh, history with music, playing all sorts of styles. I have been uh, on staff at churches as the main singer, main worship leader. I've also uh, just played, I also know a lot of, I have a lot of friends in the Denver area who are also worship leaders, so I've played for their churches and uh, kind of had, you know, the experience of leading, but also just playing backup keyboards and, and singing. And, um, and oh, and in, in 2015, I had the privilege, I, I, I'm also a songwriter, and I uh, went to a conference in Nashville, Tennessee that uh, was about Christian music, and I entered their singer-songwriter competition that year, and I won first place in the competition. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a wonderful thing. I asked him thing. to share that, because Ryan doesn't share that part of his story. I'm like, dude, it's like amazing. <laughs> um, and you, and the, people can... Like, they can listen to that yeah, song. Yeah, maybe we should, we could, you know, if you wanted to send it out, you could. Yeah, yeah. I could send that out. We'll get it out there. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's kind of my history. Done a, lot, done a lot with contemporary music, done a lot with traditional music. And, uh, and so let's begin, you know, kind of in, in my world, the two verses that I always think of, well, there's one in Ephesians and one in Colossians. I always think it's a, a good idea to start with the Word of God whenever we talk about kind of why we do the things we do. Um, because if there's, if there's not a Bible reason for doing it, I feel like it's always up for, up for discussion whether we should be doing it or not, right? So, right. Um, so if you know anything about Ephesians and Colossians, uh, 
they're very similar letters that Paul wrote, one to the church in Ephesus, one to the church in Colossae. And so they deal with a lot of similar issues, and they have a lot of parallel uh, topics that they talk about. So uh, we're going to read, or I'm, I'm going to read, you can just read silently, um, a couple of passages here. The first one is Ephesians 5, and I kind of gave uh, a few verses before and after just to give context for, you know, all of a sudden Paul's talking about singing, kind of what, what's, what's he been talking about. And he's really giving, uh, talking about how we should live as Christians and how the church should live as Christians. And then all of a sudden he kind of starts talking about singing, like that's part of what we should be doing. So we're going to start at verse 15, Ephesians 5, 15. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And in Colossians... In chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, he says this, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, so put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you. So these verses really show us, and they're not the only ones, but these ones are, are two of the main ones. They show us that God really wants us to sing. He wants his church to sing. This is a singing faith that we are participating in. And if anyone doesn't want to sing, then they're kind of neglecting something that God actually wants us, wants us to be doing. And so he says a couple of things here that are, I think are really striking. One, we see this, he talks about thanksgiving in both of these passages. So we know that I think thanksgiving is obviously a big part of our lives as Christians, but I think it's also a big part of our singing as well, having hearts of thankfulness. He says, sing and make melody to the Lord in your heart in your hearts, right? So not just with your voices, but in your hearts. So, you know, God wants his people to be stirred by the truths of the gospel, by his love for us, by the word of God. And that stirring finds wings in our songs and in singing to him. And singing is, is really, uh, you know, one of the things that we can express thankfulness in, but we can also express uh, lament and sorrow in singing. We can express joy in singing. 
Um, the other thing that he says that's really striking, I mean, he says many things, but this is the other one I'm going to talk about, is in Colossians, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So we have this, this, this list of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which I think is pretty fascinating, and he says that in both of those passages. The Psalms are obviously the Psalms that are in the book of Psalms in the Bible. Um, hymns and spiritual songs, there's a little bit more debate about kind of what he means by that. But obviously it's a, a variety of things that we are uh, commanded to sing. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of this is wrapped up in teaching, admonishing, and letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And so the Word of God is so central to not only the teaching of the church, but also the singing of the church. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that that's, you know, it, if there's a big idea for me, it's that our songs need to be shaped by the Word of God, filled with the Word of God. And I found a phrase, uh, soaked in the language and theology of the Bible. That's what I want to sing on Sunday. I want to sing songs that are soaked in the language and the theology mm -hmm. of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just we were reflecting in the, in, well, we've been reflecting on this forever. Um, not forever, but for a long time. But, yeah, <laughs> there are, <laughs> eternity. There, so, so I, I think theologically, I don't have a mind, I, I, I don't have a, any musical talent in me. I, I love music. If you were to look at my playlist, I have a whole, I have a, an eclectic list of songs ranging from cr classical like Beethoven to hip hop to uh, you know Christian rock to you know it's just across the the spectrum. I even have because I'm in martial arts, I have a uh, a playlist for for when I work out at the dojo and when I'm going. So I have all that, and so it's very eclectic. But but there was there was a time where I didn't really think a whole lot about what I was singing. And then after I became a pastor, it became more important to me, what is it that we're actually singing? And even, like, Ryan was in his early 20s, and he, and he was filling in, and we, we sang this song, and he could share more about his, kind of his, his story, but we sang the song, uh, what it, do you remember the name of the song? The, like, My Jesus... Something, something. <laughs> oh, the, the hold on to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's a song. There's a line in it. And I told you this is not scripted, so we didn't manuscript what we were going to say. Uh, there's a line in that song where it says, um, you know, my Jesus, I'll never let you go. And so I'm like, I asked Ryan, I'm like, is that really, does the Bible really teach that? Like, I don't really, if I'm really honest with myself, left to my own devices, I will let Jesus go a thousand times over. And, uh, and, and so when I read John chapter 10, I, I read a, this promise that Jesus will never let me go. And that God, and God is holding me also. And then, you know, you go into other passages in the Bible. And I remember asking you, you think we can just change that line? That, that, can we just change it to, my Jesus, you'll never let me go? <laughs> and and uh, that's the only time I contributed to uh, a, a song. But... Uh, but, but yeah, so there are songs that we sing, and, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, so, no, or, okay. it's so easy to get wrapped up in the, 
the drums, the guitar, which I love, by the way. I love drums. I love guitar. I love acoustic. I, I love all of that. And, the, and my vision and my hope for Meadowbrook is that we have a full band again. But, but um, we can get so wrapped up in that, and that could be the driving force for what we actually are feeling. Whereas, you know, and this is where I want you to talk more about this, where the words play an important part of, of what we sing. Yeah. Yeah, there was a time when I was very, very much uh, a fan of ultra-contemporary worship and church music. And when I was on staff at a church and whenever a, a, the latest popular record would come out, I would go through it. And, and I was always concerned about, you know, I didn't want to sing a song filled with heresies, obviously, sure. you know. But that, that's usually not the case. There's not usually songs that are just like filled with lots of heresies or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. like wrong things, um, uh, although they do happen. Um, but I, I, you know, was, was very much wanting to create a very contemporary worship band. We, uh, we even played, and, I, you know, there are, there are, there's ways to play on a worship team with pre-recorded uh, tracks as well, yeah. um, where everyone is, is actually listening to, in their ears, keeping everyone together. They're actually listening to a, like a metronome, like a click happening, and it really fills the sound out, makes it sound great. Um, and so that, that was the world I was in, was very contemporary, very much cutting edge in terms of the production and things like that. Do we, do we use that Monsieur Day Fellowship? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the church I planted it. Ryan was on staff with. Yeah. And uh, there came a day when I started, I mean, at some point, and I, I should say, they were, you know, hymns and traditional church music was always, I always loved it. It always was a part of my life. And even contemporary hymns like from Keith and Kristen Getty and uh, other, other hymn writers. Um, but one day I was listening to modern hymns a lot. Well, it was, it was a mix of modern and traditional hymns. I was listening to them, and I realized I was engaging with the songs on a, in a different way than I was engaging with modern contemporary worship music. It, it, with modern contemporary worship music, a lot of the emotion, a lot of the power of the song rides on the power of the music. And I would describe it as not just the music, but the power of everyone agreeing that we're going to get excited now. Does that make sense? If you're in a room of people and everyone's excited and everyone agrees like, yeah, we're going to get excited now, that's awesome. That's exciting, right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a fun thing to be a part of. But as I was listening to hymns, I thought, well, God, I'm actually engaging with the Bible right now. That's what's happening right now in my heart and mind, is I'm actually engaging with the Word of God. I'm not thinking about the melody. And when, you know, as a musician, when I listen to songs, I'm always thinking about the melody. I'm always thinking about the chords. I'm always thinking about the instruments. And that's just always kind of part of how musicians listen to music. But I found... I was engaging with the Word of God. I wasn't having a song moment or a musical moment. I was having a Bible moment as I'm listening to this mm. song. And that really changed how I th thought about music. 
and church music. That, that really was a big force in kind of shifting my entire idea because I realized, well, that's what I want, and that's what the church needs is the Bible in a song. That's what they need. And so my, my point today is not to be overly critical of modern worship music because um, that's not, I don't, I don't, I don't have any beef to pick with them. <laughs> or with, you yeah, because there's, really there's some really great There's some really great music. Contemporary and, and, music you know, songs that are out there. Um, there's and, also some really bad ones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I'll even say this. There are, there are even like modern hymns like by Keith and Kristen Getty that the drums are so much a factor in how everyone can understand how the rhythm goes that I haven't done them here because we didn't have drums. So I should say it goes both ways. Yeah. There are hymns that like need drums too, and we didn't do those. So I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think just that whole idea, like having, an, having the experience of interacting with the Bible yeah. was completely changing me. You, know, you're, you shared a verse with me earlier this week. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. And I, I actually posted it on our Facebook page. But it, but I, I've read this, this verse, I've read this section of scripture, like, I don't know, dozens of times, I'm sure. Uh, it's, in the, it's in the context of Paul addressing the misuse of a certain spiritual gift and just, and, and just the wonkiness of the Corinthian church and what they were doing. And, 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 and it, this verse here is, is interesting, and I'm not taking, I'm not proof texting it, this is actually within the context here, but he says, uh, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. And then he goes on to say, but I will sing, well, he says, but I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. And I, I really, it's haunted me all week just thinking about that, that uh, the emphasis that Paul places on singing with your mind. Mm-hmm. So you want to? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's key is having those things in balance, right? I think yeah. um, uh, over over just the even just the last three or four months in my own devotional time, I've been reading a lot of the epistles of Paul, and over and over, um, I keep coming across him talking about. Thinking, understanding, mm-hmm. understanding the gospel, uh, h- how crucial that is for someone to be born again. Mm-hmm. They, s- someone actually becomes born again, I mean, obviously by the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, but you don't become born again by not actually understanding facts, mm-hmm. right? I, it, our, our, our faith is a faith based on facts, mm-hmm. right? And so understanding, using our reason, using logic, these are all things that are from God, that God has given to us. He's a logical God. He, he's a reasonable God. He uses reason. The reason we have reason is because mm-hmm. of God. And so I think he wants us to use those things in not just when we listen to a sermon, like, okay, that's interesting. We're kind yeah. of engaging with the Word of God. But when we're singing a song, too, we need to be thinking about what we're singing, and we want to be singing songs that are worth thinking about. You know, I mean, you can sing a song. It's like, okay, that's great, and and there, are, a song doesn't have to be uh, filled with error to maybe not be the best song to sing yeah. on a Sunday morning. 
Do you hear me saying that? It's not like every song is like evil that's not do like we... filled with deep theology or something. But the point is, let's fill our time with stuff that's meaningful and, and filled with the Word of God. And that will, the, really, the, the, the thing that we do as Christians is we engage with the Word of God. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's so important to us. And that's how, you know, it's, it's by hearing the Word of Christ that we are converted, right? It's hearing, faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. And so as we sing songs that are filled with the word, our faith is strengthened and the non-believer has an opportunity to believe the gospel even through the songs. Do we, do we, uh, <laughs> we didn't do this in the first service. Do we want to talk about that one? Or, or should uh, we skip it? I don't know. You don't know? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, let me, let me, let me now they're all introduce that. I know. We shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. No, Sorry. Great. It's great. It's <laughs> I wrote it down. Um, well, we, because we didn't, we, you know, our, our point is not necessarily like pick on any yeah. particular group yeah, or right. any particular song. Um, I, I, I will say this. I will say this. In addition to wanting to sing songs that are saturated in the Bible, there is, there is, an idea in the church, a wrong idea, I think, that is, it's actually been in the church a while. When I first heard someone articulate this, I thought, wow, that's just kind of, that's how I assumed it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is. And it's this idea. If we come together and we're all excited and the music's awesome and the drums are powerful, and there's awesome lights, and it's kind of dark. It has a cool atmosphere. And we all come together, and we all are coming with expectation that God's going to do something great. We're all coming pumped up and ready to go. Then if we do that, then God will be pleased, and the Holy Spirit will come and physically fill the room, physically fill the room, and do amazing things in our midst today. And I don't think that's the right way to think about it. I think that that kind of thing actually becomes to, turns into works-based salvation. It's like if we do the rain dance properly, God's going to send the rain, mm-hmm. right? And that's not what we want to be doing as Christians. We're not into rain dances here. Our, the, the Holy Spirit is already here, mm-hmm. whether you feel him or not. And sometimes people feel the Holy Spirit, and it's just great music. I believe that to be true. They confuse the great music yeah. with, with the move of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thomas shared a story with me, and I, I'll let, I'm, probably, I'm probably not doing it all justice, but he, he was at a church, and he, Thomas, the guy who's coming in two weeks, our next staff person, uh, he said, you know, they, there was, at this church that he was at, they had on the soundboard marked, and it was uh, one of the dials on the soundboard, and, he had, and it was marked Holy Spirit. Um, like, this is how we get the, the Holy Spirit moving. He could tell it better than I can, but I, when he told me, I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Just, yeah. just there is, I mean, our bodies do, and our minds do respond mm-hmm. to emotionally to sounds yeah. and to smells and to different things. And the, the things that we experience just in terms of our emotions, that's not a bad thing. Right. God right. gave us those emotions. 
But there is a danger in churches of manipulating mm-hmm. those, 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 that part of us that feels and, and confusing that with actual, the actual move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Does that make sense? So, yeah. yeah. Well, and kind of the other half of that I, I have now started to think about is if that's the reason we're coming together to sing, it's, it's really hard to do that musically. I don't know if you know that. It's that the, the reason that churches that pull that off, they have million-dollar budgets, right? They have professional musicians playing on stage. It's really hard to get the music to that level of production. Yeah. And so if, the, if that's the goal is to create an atmosphere and a particular musical thing, that's a really hard thing to do, and it's easy to fail, and it's easy to not quite hit the mark. And then everyone's kind of a little disappointed because it was going to be great, but it's fine. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, but how about this? What if our goal is to encounter this thing on Sunday morning? And so if we pick the right songs, it doesn't really matter if the drummer got sick and didn't show up. It doesn't, even, it doesn't really matter if we, we play some wrong chords and things. It doesn't really, I mean, obviously we want to play with excellence. Don't hear me saying that. In fact, if you play with excellence, it, it's less distracting, right? <laughs> so we want to play with excellence. We want to create good music. But all in the service of, of encountering the word of God, right? And so if that's our goal, that's what we're going to do as long as we have theologically rich songs and the right words on the screen. And then everything else kind of takes care of itself. Um, one, one thing that, that really has shaped me, and I don't, I don't think I've even said this to you very recently. I think I probably told you at one point. At one point, I got hired to play hymns at an Episcopal church, very traditional service. And I went and visited the week before just to kind of see kind of how they do things because I didn't, I didn't know a ton about traditional Episcopal church services. And what happened is it was a group, probably about as many people as we have here. At, at, the, at the moment, they had a choir, but it was not a big choir. It was probably eight or 12 people. And they just kind of stood off to the side. It wasn't even like on a stage or anything. It was a really small room. When the time came for the hymn to be sung, the organist played an intro. Everybody stood and everybody sang the hymn together. And then we finished it and everyone sat down and they went on with the service. There was nobody in front doing this. There was nobody in front on a microphone. It was just the organist played Everybody sang, the choir sang. I'm sure that helped people kind of know when to come in a little bit. But I, I'm not holding that up as an ideal. I'm just saying that, that also was like, wow, nobody was leading that. Everybody just did it. And so it's kind of, it's, it's made, changed how I think about it a little bit. I, I'm thinking about myself up here as kind of like the church organist. <laughs> and I'm here just to kind of facilitate us all singing together. And the microphone helps, you know, because it kind of helps everyone to kind of come in at the right spot. And, sure. But that's, that's my mindset, mm-hmm. is like I'm the church organist facilitating that, mm-hmm. not we're trying to make a really great production or a really great, we're not even trying to make a really great musical thing happen. Yeah. We are trying to play with excellence, yeah. but, you know, that's, so that's kind of been in my mind too. 
Yeah, so Jonathan Edwards, one of my heroes of my faith, said that when he preached, he preached with the aim to add light to the mind and fire to the heart. Uh, so recognizing that you just can't add light to the mind, it's, it's just not complete. There's a purpose for the light to the mind, and it should affect the way, you know, it should affect us. Uh, should affect what we do, and it should aff- and, and if it's if it's good truth, it should affect us also mm-hmm. on an emotional level. And I've always felt the same about about music in the church that it, music should also have that aim to add light to the mind and fire to the heart. Mm-hmm. And so, but but what I've encountered in just in my time as being a pastor, the aim with the music is fire to the heart, and we really you know if. Yeah, we kind of want light to the mind, but we really want to get fire to the heart. Mm-hmm. We really want people to feel something. Mm-hmm. I go to a conference. I take the staff with me every every year in November. It's in, in Arizona, and uh, it is fog machine, lasers, lights, big bass, huge production. Feel like I'm going to have a heart attack every time I go. Like my heart's just going to be vibrated out of my chest. Um, but it's, there's a lot, of, a lot of emphasis on that, and then like staff will, will walk away. I'm looking at Michaela. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the, 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 when everything's done. We're like, what did, we, what did we sing? Like the first song was, it's going to get loud. Like, and it was just repeat, right, Michaela? I'm looking at Michaela. I was like, it's going to get loud. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's really loud right now. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like my eardrums are going to bust. But um, yeah. But yeah, so like, what are we singing? Mm-hmm. And I do think like mm-hmm. it seems like, and I mentioned this in the first service, like the the psalms seem to give us mm-hmm. they give us that balance yes. because the, so we're singing songs about God and to God and to one another, but we're also like in the psalms there are psalms about uh, the psalmist's relationship with God and mm-hmm. longing for God and wanting mm-hmm. more of you know God. So anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't that's know if great. I just took us in a different... No, okay. that you, it is wonderful. Good. You're doing okay. a good job. Thank man. you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, and I like, to, I like to think... It's amazing that, that in the Bible is an entire songbook. God gave us a songbook in the Bible. Isn't that kind of amazing? Yeah. I don't think... I think that's unique in the history of the world, right? That we have a songbook that's inspired by God. And... What's amazing is there are two parts to a song, right? There's the words and then there's the music. And God only preserved one of those things for us, which is the words, which I think in some way shows how important the words are. I think the words are more important than the music if we're dealing with this particular kind of, like church songs, you know. I wouldn't say that all songs, the words are more important than the music. But definitely what we're singing in church, the words are more important than the yeah, music. They matter. And I think it's his grace because I think music is such a culturally based thing that I think in any culture throughout time, there are probably, there's probably music that's more helpful and music that's less helpful for thinking about what we're singing, right? Um, if, we have, if we have a bunch of words and we're going to sing that to a song, we could make that song more helpful in terms of us understanding what the words are, or we can make it less helpful. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I like to think of it, is sometimes music is more helpful, sometimes it's less helpful. Um, and that just I think that's where each community and each church having its own 
leadership choosing songs for that specific group of people. That's where that really comes into play. You know, just like when yeah. Keith preaches a sermon, he's not preaching a sermon for all of Christians to hear. He's preaching one for you to hear because he knows you and he knows what your struggles are. He knows what your thoughts are. You're in community with him. And so I think it's the same way with music. It's, yeah. it's someone who can actually know what's happening in this community. I, I gave the example of someone can come up here and lead wonderful Christian theology with, with uh, traditional Chinese music. And there wouldn't be anything wrong with that, right? But it probably would be a distraction, yeah. right? It would be kind of a distraction, even though the words are wonderful, right? So music needs to aid in, in singing the songs and understanding the songs. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, I was going to say something I forgot. So, I was, yeah. It was, that was the most important thing. It was. It was, uh, yeah, I was going to say something. It'll come back to me. What else do you have to say? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to yeah. say. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, perfect. All right, perfect. Cool. Uh, so, I, I know we're kind of running out of time. But, hey, so, liturgy. Yes. So, yes. and that, that might be a foreign word, but I'm going to explain it. Here's also what I noticed. And my mind also has sharp, you know, I've processed this and sharpened my thinking on this more and more as the years have gone by. Liturgy is a structure. Every church has a liturgy, whether they know it or not. And, uh, and when, a church, when, when the pastor, or like the guy who's preaching or the staff, and the guy who maybe is doing the music or whatever, or the person doing the music, if, if, if they don't know, if they've not planned out their liturgy, it could feel very disjointed, right? Because liturgy is structured to tell a story. And so liturgy in a church should tell the story of the gospel on some level. And so, so typically in churches you have, we've got to have really great music, and the pastor needs to be really engaging, and we separate the two. When when really what should be happening is we need to make sure we're, that from beginning to end that there's a message that's being told through the songs that we sing, the scripture passages that are being read, the prayers that we pray, and, and, and the sermon that's being preached. So it's really important that, the, that whoever is leading the music and whoever is te- you know, preaching that Sunday, that that there is a, not only a relationship with, with those two individuals, but they're on the same page theologically and, and where the message is, is, is driving. Because uh, the, the message uh, on a Sunday is driving also the music. Mm-hmm. And so like Ryan will get, like I, I have, you know, he, he knew every passage I was going to be preaching on or every topic I was going to be preaching on, you know, a month ago, a month ago maybe longer ago. So, Anyway, so I just, so liturgy and, yeah. and words driving that, yeah. or theology no, that's, driving that. That's huge. That's huge. Um, in the words of Donald Trump, that's huge. You, it's huge. Sorry. It's huge. That was a, yeah. Just, not an endorsement. Not going to go there. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things, he, uh, I love new music and I love old music. And here, here's my thought kind of on, on words and uh, liturgy, it made me think of um, 
Uh, I, brought a, I brought a hymnal today uh, because in order for these songs to get into this book that they're going to pay money to bind and make it into an actual book, do you know how many approvals they have to go through theologically? There's a whole, there's a whole um, committee, probably multiple committees, that decide what goes into a hymnal, right? So the fact that it's in a hymnal... Uh, the fact that a song is old does not necessarily mean it's great. But if I trust the publishers of the hymnal, I know that this has gone through lots of wise uh, elders and leaders deciding what goes in here. And so I can trust it. And not that there aren't some questionable hymnals or things like that, but in general, that's very different than my friends sending me say, hey, have you listened to this Spotify song? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, <laughs> like Which I've done two 19-year-olds wrote it on a guitar in their bedroom, yeah. and now it's on Spotify, so let's do it on Sunday. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I hate to yeah. sound biased, but I think, like, yeah. I don't know. Not every song is vetted with that same level of care, right? Yeah. And so, um, so that's, that's one of my thoughts in terms of, you know, picking those songs for, for the liturgy. Um, and, and ha, you know, having songs, I used to feel really, um, I, I don't know if, if, if this is going to be understandable, but just, I, just I, I used to feel really kind of like artsy about everything. You know, I used to be really like kind of an artsy guy and love feeling all intellectual and artsy about life. And, and I felt like if I picked songs that were too obvious, then somehow there was something lost there because I wasn't like being creative enough. And then once I started just kind of picking songs that obviously went with what the pastor was talking about, obviously we're dealing with songs, you know, with what we're dealing with, all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, it seems like everyone loves that. That, that seems like they understand yeah. now. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, okay, you don't have to worry about being too, like, intellectual yeah. about everything, Ryan. You can kind of just be obvious, and yeah. it's actually better. Yeah. <laughs> obvious, like, you know, like Paul's saying, let's understand what we're singing and why we're singing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas said something in the interview process that was that really helped in the interview process just cuz my brain I was thinking we're going to bring somebody on who's you know very seasoned, a lot of a lot more experience at the beginning of this process and then God just kind of worked through that and we and along with the elders as we interacted and dialogued about that cuz you know Thomas is 27 years old. I've shared from the front that he's like a younger version of you in a lot of ways and the way you guys think. <laughs> But he, but, but the difference is Thomas leads with a guitar, you lead with, you know, keys. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said, it was like the first conversation I had with him. He said, you know, as a worship leader, as one leading music, you are putting words into people's mouths. You are forcing them, not forcing, but you, you are motivating them to sing certain songs with words, and if you're doing that, you better make sure what is being sung is theologically right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, yeah, I, I, we've got to have another conversation. And mm -hmm. so that's, so yeah, and then you said similar things to me, mm -hmm. you know, in, over the years, and so yeah. Yeah, and I would say not, not just theologically right, mm -hmm. but theologically as rich and wonderful as we can get. Mm. That's what we should do, not... Well, does this, does this song cut the mustard in terms of, it's not heretical, right? It's fine. Let's do it. Right, it's right. like, I no, let's, 
let's find the song that blows me away with its rich theology. Mm. Let's, let's go there. Let's go in the opposite direction and find those songs. Yeah. I feel like that's what I want to fill my life singing. Yeah. Right? Well, that, Matt Papa, is that his name? Matt the, Papa. Matt Papa. The, mm-hmm. So the song that we sang at the beginning, you know, yeah. his, um, uh, you probably yeah, his know mercy is more. Uh-huh. Yeah, his mercy is more. But just, just the, that would be a good example of that. That's mm-hmm. a modern hymn, by the way. That's an example of a modern hymn that was recently written not, not long ago. Uh, I think... I was talking to one of our elders about this. I think some of the things that we're hearing in, I'm not just picking, I'm not picking on every church, just in some churches. For example, the conference that we go to. The conference that we go to in November. Uh, we go because the breakout sessions and the content of what's being in the, in, in the lectures and stuff is so good. I mean, it's worth going. But the music that is selected for those big gatherings, they are pulling from a different stream than, say, uh, you know, the songs that you're pulling from or the songs that Thomas is going to be pulling from in a lot of ways. Or not entirely from a different stream, but by, by and large a different stream. Yeah, yeah. Where the stream is, what, what is this saying? Is this, is this theologically rich? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just everything you just said. Yeah. So, yeah, know. definitely. Yeah. I agree. Good. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. and and I think you know I I as a as a as a song leader I I try not to be biased. I'm not I'm not coming at it thinking well I'm definitely not gonna do songs from this artist or from mm-hmm. that artist. Although now that I said that, I kind of do, but. Um, <laughs> I, I think just over time I've learned where the treasures are, and um, but but they but they're there are but there are great songs everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. great songs. That's that's a great thing about a song is that it's also its own. It's a self-contained thing, yeah. right? A song is a self-contained thing. So it, if a song's great, then a song's great. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Never been to them. Like last week we sang King of Kings. Yeah. yeah, which comes out of Hillsong, right. which, uh, right. which is a good example of a good song mm-hmm. that's got some rich, rich theology right. there. Right. And then, but there's been other, other th- songs that have mm-hmm. come out of Hillsong that are like, ugh. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and then we can name multiple examples of that, and mm-hmm. I can even go back to some old hymns that are that way too. Yeah, and I would think, uh, I know we're wrapping up here, yeah. I, I would say there's definitely, going back to that whole idea of, of trying to invoke the Holy Spirit through our music. There are, there's lots of churches who that's what they're trying to do every week, is they're trying to invoke the Holy Spirit through music. And their songs are written specifically for that. Hmm. And so I tend to, to lean away from those churches. Hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So just so you know, the direction, the, the, how we move forward as a church for Meadowbrook you know, the, the, I, I share with Thomas, Thomas, I, you know, I want you, you're going to need to rebuild the worship team. It's been great. Uh, Nathan Lilly and Larry Jacobson and Tiffany, you know, have been really, really amazing. And having Ryan here has been really, really amazing. And, you know, there's some rebuilding that will need, need, to, be, will need to happen over the months, um, weeks and months to come. And, and uh, you know, I share with Thomas, you know, I, we want to have a full band up here again. We want to get to that place. But, uh, but this has been a really good 
thing from Meadowbrook because it's forced us to step back and think through why, why we sing what we sing. And it's, it's kind of been a reset in a lot of ways, and I think a healthy one. And so now moving forward, this, this, is, this is where we're headed. We're headed, you know, we want to do things with excellence, and we want to do it well, but it's got to be the Word of God that's driving, you know, that direction. It's leading in that direction, so. Thank you for listening to the Meadowbrook Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit meadowbrook.org.